no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Only heart worth half of Jack Grealish. It's episode 50 of the 40 Yard Switch. Congratulations, us, Wilby. That's huge. Very exciting you stuff. Can get quite a few players with 50, well, not 50 episodes, but 50, 50, 50 million pounds, that's for sure. No, it's pretty, um, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. I can't remember, yeah, I still can't remember when the first episode was. Yeah, me neither. I reckon it was in a lockdown of some sort and we were in your bedroom. That's all I can remember. A twenty twenty one lockdown as well, yeah. obviously. But yeah, what what a ride it's been. Yeah, because it's fifty episodes, but it's not fifty consecutive weeks. Because obviously we've missed about six or seven weeks over the, over over the over the course of it. So it's it's about I'd 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 give it over a year, but less than a year and a half. Yeah, I reckon we're just probably coming up to around a year. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Well, no. Just a bit. Oh yeah, there. yeah. Because this is fifty-two weeks in a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember we did a few episodes, and then we kind of got into the the Euros. Yeah, we did. And the yeah. Euros and the Super League started. as well. Yeah, yeah. When did the Super League stuff happen? Episode eleven or twelve, I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're coming up. We'll have to. We can look back. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the, the it was like celebrated a year of the a year ago today about a, about a month ago that all those teams backed out of the Super League. So just over a year, yeah. we'll call it that. <laughs> and we'll uh, raise the bat and uh, yes, yeah. in honor of uh, another sport, we'll, we'll raise the bat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, in honor uh, in to celebrate, we have got an absolute uh, feast of footballing uh, festivities. <laughs> To get through today. <laughs> nice. Thanks, mate. Alliteration. <laughs> I was kind of looking at Will Be Fair. <laughs> waiting for him to take a sip of water so he could notice my, my alliteration there. Um, but yeah, to kick things off, um, uh, close to home but also over in England, Sam Kerr, the legend that she is, uh, scores a screamer on the last day of the uh, Women's Super League in England to, one, secure a 4-2 victory over Man United, two, win another golden boot, and three to beat out Arsenal to the league title to, to, and to help Chelsea go back to back. What an achievement! What a player! Yeah, pretty incredible. The, I mean, the second goal is a screamer, but the the first goal is pretty pretty decent too. And then like, I saw the little clip of her, cel- like leading the celebrations, and yeah, she just looks like, yeah, she, she's she's a great personality as well as a great footballer. Yeah, I feel like she's got more personality and probably football skills um, than, the, than the whole of the Socceroos squad combined. Yeah, I would say with that, without a shadow <laughs> of a doubt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's great It's great to see um, at least some Australians doing well <laughs> yeah. overseas. Because uh, if you hark back to a couple of episodes ago, um, we talked about how uh, Australian men's side of things are very disappointing at the moment. But uh, yeah, Australian women's side, uh, kicking goals, more, more than just Sam Kerr, but Sam Kerr as, as the talisman especially, just... Strength to strength seems to be not slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, it's going to be exciting as well because the Women's World Cup is in in Australia next, is it? I think so. Yeah, and yeah. But, and also the Young Matildas Under Twenty World Cup is in August this year. True as well. So yeah, it'd be sick to see her playing here during a World Cup. Oh yeah, for That'd sure. Be so good. Yeah, little, go on a few little road trips. We'll follow the Matildas around. That'll be fun. 
That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, congratulations once again to uh, Sam Kerr and congratulations to Chelsea, I guess, even if they did beat out Arsenal um, and, and my one of my favourite players, Vivian Miedemar, for the title. But I'm sure Vivian Miedemar will be back with rumours of a contract extension in the wings. Um, but uh, moving on to uh, the biggest piece of men's football news this week uh, and probably in some time, to be honest, Erling Haaland has been confirmed to be signing for Manchester City. Uh, uh, in the grand scheme of how crazy football transfers are, only a meagre sixty-three million pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild that his release cause was that low. But I suppose when he went from was it Salzburg to to Dortmund, yeah. I suppose he didn't have nearly as much hype as he has now. But yeah, it's just like a hectic curtain raiser to the to the transfer window. Which, yeah. is, which is going to be hit. I mean, the last one was crazy with Ronaldo and everything, and that's that's happened as the first transfer of, of the next window. It's yeah. Going to be and did you see just before I get into the nuts and bolts of the money and other money figures? Uh, did you see uh, Dortmund? I think within within an hour of announcing that they'd sold Haaland, they announced that they'd signed some another striker from Salzburg. Oh, true. Wait, yeah. I th- I think I saw, but I, I don't I, remember. I saw his, the name. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember his name. It, but it's yeah. just crazy that they've just they're just constantly working, Dortmund. They're, they're always one step ahead. Yeah, I mean, they would have known that Haaland's going somewhere. Oh yeah, and known they would have got exactly what the release clause is. So when and they've actually got the the smarts as a as a footballing organization to think ahead and. Yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, every player is replaceable. Yeah, especially for where Dortmund are at. Like, yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously, he's probably he will say he's come to City to challenge for the Champions League and win titles, which he probably will win. But the the, the thing on everyone's lips, and which is probably more to the fact of why he's chosen City over potentially other clubs is the £375,000 a week after tax that he will be earning from City, which is, uh, I don't know, before tax, something's even more obscene. But, uh, yeah, so just a ridiculous wage for a 21-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. What, what do you do with that? What's it, you, you said the other day it's like £26 million? £25.5 million, million pounds a, year. a year. That's just, like, absolutely... Ludicrous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hazard to even say disgusting amounts of money. Yeah. Um, which it is a bit sickening. Really. It's a bit sickening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it it actually brings up an interesting thing that me and you have been talking about off air, which is something that's sort of never really given much airtime on all the big sort of punditry shows and stuff. But it it's an interesting concept. Is the idea of what would happen if the Premier League introduced a salary cap because obviously with Haaland's crazy contract with Salah uh, seemingly the contract's only stalling because he wants an obscene amount of money Liverpool not being able to pay what Wijnaldum wanted so he left and just players wanting more and more and more money left right and centre like and you know club budgets and financial fair play seem to be going out the window every year what would happen if you all of a sudden introduced a salary cap and it is interesting thing because obviously there's leagues around the world like the NBA and the NFL that do it quite well the AFL as well do it quite well um, so I, I think it's it's definitely an interesting concept for sure yeah I mean it's 
I mean, I mean you, you see it. I mean, there's there's a few other structures that that make the AFL sort of so cyclical and so sort of like competitive and interesting because different teams can do do poorly and and then be better in a couple of years. And that's the salary cap and also the draft system. So it's it, it it definitely works, but it's just a matter of yeah. And it's a thing that came up with the European Super League. Like there's those entrenched sort of organizations in each country who are at the top and they stay at the top because there's money. Yeah. And so therefore they've got that incentive to hold on, to to, to not get a salary cap. Yeah. Like it's obviously not in the player's interest, but it's more in the interest of these clubs like United who stay at the top just because they've got the most money, yeah. essentially. So a salary cap, but a salary cap for me would be in the interests on the whole, I think, of... It's a double-edged sword because I think it would be in the interest in terms of competitiveness and watchability of the league for the Premier League higher-ups to do it. But also, it potentially could mean that less of the world's best talent plays in the Premier League because they don't get paid as much as they could in the Spanish league or hypothetically speaking. True, true. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, if, if it was just intro- introduced in one European league... Yeah, that league would surely lose out. I mean, even yeah, even owners would be less interested in those clubs because because they can't sort of entrench the entrench that power sort yeah. of thing. But I've um, sort of drawn up a sort of hypothetical scenario, right? Um, and I've got so basically I did did a little bit of you know fun little sort of call it sort of we'll call it research today. Uh, not really though, uh, and I sort of found what the average sort of squad size that is registered to play in the Premier League. Uh, and it's around 30 to 35. So we'll call it 35 for the, you know, the back end, the maximum. Um, and so just just for context, I Googled first what the NFL salary cap is. And it's $208 million. And that's for a 53-man 50, final squad they have to register before the league starts. Um, it's a massive squad. Yeah. De- offense and defense, mate. It's crazy. Oh, um, uh, so the Premier League has, uh, uh, on average, a 35-player squad. Uh, pl- teams have an average on 35-player squad. So I sort of ran some hypothetical maths with uh, the hypothetical figure of 150 million as a salary cap for each team. 150 million. Yeah. yeah. And like, obviously, this is hypothetical i've said hypothetical heaps but because norwich can't really afford that but like if if there was some way to formulate it where the premier league gave clubs enough money to everyone so everyone can meet that salary cap the teams couldn't go over that salary cap so if you factor in 150 million as a salary cap and you divide it by the 35 players for each team and then you divide it again by the 52 weeks in a year it means the average player wage would be $82,417.6 per player. And that's pretty pretty decent for your average player. But obviously, there's if it leaves room for factoring in, you know, what you pay your under-21 to sort of rotational players yeah, versus what you pay like your average. marquee players. Like, so if, if, like, I always thought we could, little fun little game we could do, we could uh, do it for our teams, Everton and... Arsenal. So obviously you're paying your um, Richarlison, paying Richarlison's, your Allens, your Ducures, your Yeriminas, Jordan Pickford's, upwards of eighty-two thousand, uh, and you're paying your Anthony Gordon's, your 
uh, you know, Townsends, your Delfs, possibly your Demari Grays less. I think I think all of those players w- 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 would be upward of the average because because there's there's also like the because there's the PL two players in that squad, right? Yeah, the, the under twenty three. Uh, not, not all of them. Only there's only a few. For example, if there's you look, only a few of them. Are if you look at if you look at Everton, you've got the two key the two keepers Andy Lonergan and Harry Tyra, and then you've got uh, Keane as for defenders. You've got uh, Holgate, Keane, Mina, Godfrey, Coleman, Kenny, Braithwaite. Then you have got Reese Welch, who's uh, Lewis okay, Dobbin. Uh, and yeah, then you've got uh, Vitaly Mikolenko, Nathan Patterson, uh, Ryan Astley. So like you've got maybe two or three players. Or maybe You probably wouldn't pay John Joe Kenny above that. You probably wouldn't pay Jared Braithwaite, Reese Welch, or Ryan Astley above that. But the rest of them, and maybe not Nathan Patterson, but the rest of them you'd be paying above that, you'd assume, or, or close to, maybe. Anyway. Uh, then you've got, uh, for Everton's midfielders, you've got uh, Alan. Delph, Ducure, Gomez, Davies, Townsend, Charlie Whittaker, who's again uh, Academy, uh, Tyler Onyanogo, yeah, Onyanogo, um, who's again, I'm assuming, an Academy guy, Anwar Ghazi, Donny van der Beek, Deli Ali, Isaac Price, who is a um, another Academy guy. So again, there's like a three or four yeah, yeah. younger guys yeah. there. Uh, and then your forwards, you've got Richarlison, DCL, Alexander Iwobi, Chank Tosun, Damari Gray, Anthony Gordon, Salaman Rondon, and Lewis Dobbin, like you mentioned before. So in a thirty-five in a, in a thirty-five player squad, you've probably got like what I'd say ten to eleven players who you're paying underneath that. underneath that average. So yeah. you've got some that you're paying at the average and then probably some that you're playing over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I mean I, I, I can see it working in like potentially working at Everton, maybe. Maybe only just with with that sort of average salary, but again, like you say, I think it's. I mean, it, it might be more conducive to AFL and and NBA because there's no sort of comparison leagues. Whereas the the, the makeup of Europe, where you've got not only more money but a pretty similar quality and chances to win trophies, which are held in like a similar regard, it's going to be very hard unless UEFA institutes it. But they don't, they don't oversee. No, the, the leagues, leagues are all private entities. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's. It, oh, yeah. it would just be. It'd be it's, so it's, hard it, to it, do. It's, yeah, it's incredibly hard to do. But it, it does. I do sometimes wonder, like, how level the playing field would become, because like, obviously, if you implemented it, all the teams would still have the players they have. Like, how long would it take for the playing field to sort of level out? If you know what I mean. You mean if. Everybody in Europe? No, if just if just 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 the Premier League implemented it, uh, and like for example, relegated clubs got given enough money to reach the salary cap, and then the play the teams that have ridiculous amounts of money in Newcastle, Chelsea, cities, were like, no, you cannot pay for your thirty-five player senior squad. You cannot pay. Like you can have like you know under twenty-one players who come in and out of that squad who don't count to your salary cap, but like once they pay a minimum amount of games, they have to be registered and someone else is the drop and yeah, and someone else is the drop out. Yeah. So it can only be 30, 30, that 35, you know, player list that is registered on, on your salary cap. And it's like, once you then do that, you know, some players may leave for more wages. Uh, some players may stay. Some, and, you know, some players might join lower teams. How long do you think 
hypothetically again, <laughs> would it take for the league to sort of even out somewhat as not be so top heavy as it is now? I, d- I don't think it'd take that long to be honest. I reckon, especially if you've got exodus of top players to like main like mainland Europe, I think it would only take like maybe three seasons. Yeah, I was thinking three to five. Yeah, yeah. yeah I reckon. Yeah, because I think. I mean, the level of the Premier League generally is so, so good. And what splits it is, like, you look at Tottenham being a top side. They're only a top side because they've got Harry Kane and, and Hume on, essentially. Yeah. But, and, like, e- e- even United, like, they've they've been terrible this year. But what, what what's made the difference for them is essentially Bruno Fernandes in, in recent years. Yeah. And then Cristiano Ronaldo this season. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. I, I I think it would definitely even out pretty quickly, and mainly because players would leave to La Liga, Syria, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a man a man can dream, that's for sure. But yeah, there's definitely just stupid amounts, of like money. just disgusting amounts of of money. And yeah, especially when you hear like so like the figures that were being thrown around about like PSG potentially offering Mbappe to try and get him to stay, like hundred million signing bonus, fifty million a year type of. It's like it's just mind boggling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully with like you know the. I mean, it it doesn't really seem that way, but you you know you've had Messi and Ronaldo sort of dominating world fo- like European football for a long world football for a long time. Maybe when the sort of competition is more spread out, there's there'll be less like sort of inflationary like pressures on wages True. and transfer fees, but. I mean, now you've got Erling Haaland, so... Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't say Erling Haaland and Mbappe for the next however many years. But um, also, another interesting thing in terms of inflationary pressures is it just, like, Barcelona in recent times, just with these ridiculous, like, um, what was what, what was the... What do you call? What? What Man City triggered for... Early, release clause. Early, yeah, release oh, yeah, clause. Yeah, yeah. Barcelona's like, like ridiculous. 200 million release clause. Yeah, they stuff. just chuck these... Stu- for players that aren't even that good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it was funny. Xavi uh, recently came out with a quote and was like, oh, you know, uh, it's, you know, City are a team that do well and win trophies and stuff, but if you have to... Uh, if, 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 if it comes down to the deciding factors, obviously money is the reason Erling Haaland would go there. And it's like, bit rich for Barcelona to say, oh money's the reason when they throw ridiculous amounts of money and, and and for four years had a player on the highest contract football's ever seen. Yeah. Messi was on like the, a, a stupid amount of money, like 600 and something thousand a week. Like it was fucked. Yeah. 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 So it's a bit rich. Just a really poorly run club. But I th- I, I think another, th- like a, a great thing about the salary cap would it would it would mean that owners of football clubs would have to make good football decisions, oh, not absolutely. just throw money at, at at things. And also it would mean more in investment in the in each team's academy. Yeah. Because like some teams do do academy really well. Um, I, well, I, I I'm actually proud that I I'm quite proud that Arsenal has done so well with that in in recent years, but other teams just don't even look at it like you got Chelsea who for years like they've had a couple of good guys come through now through Mason Mount and Reese James but like yeah, their academy of recent years has looked it looks, looked better good. but for years they would just have all of their loanies like they have like 15 loanies out of the different clubs and never use them like mm. for years they just had they didn't have any academy graduates in their team yeah but I suppose the other thing is that Chelsea was only a big club 
only really became like a big club yeah with the with the funds to have a really world-class Cobham Academy since what 2004 when Abramovich first but took I, don't, I don't necessarily think you need to be a big club to have a good academy look at Southampton true I think it's just more about focusing on it more where Chelsea came got a bunch of money and were like alright we don't need to focus on nurturing our young talent anymore because we can just buy anyone we want True. I I feel like once once Abramovich came along, they would have started working on it though. Yeah, no, absolutely. When they had absolutely. the funds, when they had the funds too. Yeah, it's not necessarily about that, but it makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh so yes, um, a salary cap is a nice pipe dream, but probably something we'll never see. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to a league that uh, isn't is run by an organization, but obviously can't implement a salary cap because it is a tournament. Uh, the UEFA Champions League uh, has announced new changes to be implemented for the 2024-2025 season. Uh, so let me just quickly run through these very quickly. Tournament will expand from 32 teams to 36. The traditional group stage will be abandoned for a single league phase, including all teams. Each team will play eight matches, four home, four away, in this stage instead of the current six top eight teams will automatically qualify for the knockout stage that the teams in ninth to 24th will play two-legged playoff for the other eight knockout stage spots i'm shaking my head as i read that because that's just absolutely ridiculous and then the four new spots that they're giving uh for qualification to the champions league uh the first will go to the club ranked third in the fifth placed association in europe the second will go to a domestic champion via the so-called quote-unquote champions path and the third and fourth will go to the two associations with the best collective performance by their clubs in the previous season in the champions league each association will earn one place it's just so convoluted it's ridiculous um and then the europa league well we'll also have 36 teams in the league phase and and eight matches in the and the league uh, style the conference league will have 36 teams as well but we'll stick to the original six matches per team uh, just stupid, like over-engineered, <laughs> unnecessary. Just I don't know. Like it's just it's, it just screams money grabbing to me. Is yeah. my first reaction. But yeah, while we're on the topic of um, yeah, yeah just what way too much money on football. It's just like the players are just becoming well, they already were, but just even more so cash cows. Yeah, like the the eight going through and then. Heaps of teams playing two-legged playoffs to get into a two-legged yeah. knockout stage. Yeah, it's just like in a like players can only play so many games of football in a season. Yeah, like we had Pedri <laughs> looking like he was about to die at the end of the Euros after playing seventy-four games that season. Yeah, in total, and like what Liverpool uh, this season are going to play every single game available to them, which is something like sixty games or something like that. Yeah, like. So they're they're going to play even more now. Like this would mean that it, like this would mean that Liverpool, if if they made it to the the Champions League final, would have ended up playing like an extra five or six games in the Champions League alone. Yeah, like, it's yeah, it's it's wild. And like you know, we, we like the debate. The debate comes up, seems to come up every every Premier League season now, where players are just playing too many games, get injured. There's just it's literally just too much for the players. Yeah, and. UEFA come out with this it's just ludicrous yeah um, and also yeah it's just and like on top of it being a cash cow on top of the player injury, like, like we just read it out to you and like we're not going to read it again but like I'm, I'm pretty sure anyone listening didn't understand half of what I just said 
because yeah. I almost couldn't read it out because it was so confusing. <laughs> like I, I read it this morning and listened to it just then. I still don't fully understand yeah. what, what the like those, those three little like caveats at the end. Yeah. like I don't really the, understand the. the, the the, the the third and fourth like the fourth in the sport four new spots the third and fourth will go to the two associations with the best collective performance by their clubs in the previous Champions League season, <laughs> and that's what? and that's an infographic by by Bleacher Report. Yeah, yeah, that's not even like on the official Champions League website. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, Bleacher Report probably dumbed it down here. Yeah, exactly, for us, yeah. and it's still ridiculous. <laughs> And you see in the comments of Beach Reports Instagram, you see the top-rated comment, um, I thought I was watching a knockout tournament and not a mathematical equation. Yeah. Uh, why pick something that's not broken? Ridiculous changes. Uh, you're ever doing everything in their power to overload the schedule so they can make more money. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, 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 it, like, yeah. And it's so funny. It's so rich when UEFA were crying wolf about how the Super League's not taking, not you know, keeping in mind the fans and it's ruining it for the fans. And then, Two years later, they're ruining it for the fans again. Yeah. Oh, right? uh, yeah, true, because they were against the, the European Super League because they, they would, it would push them out. Yeah. Exactly. And they used, like, it being an insult to the fans as, like, one of the main, you know, things. And, like, it was lapped up at the time just because people wanted the Super League gone. But, like, I think the large majority have been like, yeah, UEFA, you're just as full of shit as... Do, do you think this is, a, like, a response or something that they think's wanted by the club to get more money out of European fixtures? Like, do you think it's in any way related to, to the European Oh, yeah, Super absolutely. League? Like, the, the league structure of it um, and the fact that, like, but do, more, more money means more teams will get more money from television rights. Sorry, more games will, keep, will mean teams get more money from television rights as well. Yeah. Um, but do you think it's them filling a vacuum so that European Super League becomes less likely or do you think it's them trying to appease teams so that they don't go off and create a European Super League? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. I think like for some teams like your Juventus, your Barcelona, your Real Madrid's, those guys who really wanted to perform to, to create it, it's like, well, look at this, we've got pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And then it's also like, uh, what was the first thing you said? Um, fill the vacuum. Yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. being like you, you can't know, create it now because can't it's already create now because we've got the same thing. We'll, we'll strike you down for copyright or something. I don't know. Yeah, they wouldn't do that because the Super League was first. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a mess, mate. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Money's killing football. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. So we've me and Wilbur have gone on uh, a little bit of a rant for the past. I don't know however long it's been. 20, 20 minutes. Um, but we're now going to get into some fun stuff. <laughs> uh, so, it was a good rant. Though. Yeah, it was a good rant. Um, and it was, I guess, the the, 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 the the salary cap talk wasn't too much of a rant. But um, yes, now we're going to talk about, to celebrate the 50th episode, we're going to, as the season's coming to a close, um, we're not going to give out our end of season awards, but we're going to do uh, a sort of team of the season sort of style thing. So basically... The team of the season, essentially, is mostly going to be Man City-Liverpool players. Uh, so what we've done is we've gone, screw it, we're just going to do a Man City and, com- and Liverpool combined 11. And then the second team we've, we've gone ahead and made over the past few days is a team of the season where you can't use Man City and Liverpool players. Um, so this will be interesting. Uh, so yeah, Man City-Liverpool teams, let's go, let's go through them first. Um Starting at goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, hold on. I just need to get my, my, my boys back up. 
Is I really wonder how much variance is going to be here. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. Uh, yes, so goalkeeper, what's going on here? Uh, ignore limit time, my buddy. Time limits on my thing. Um, all right, so yes, goalkeeper, go for gold, go for gold. I've got uh, Alison Becker. I also have Alison Becker. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think that, um, yeah, the, the the reason for me is that I think Edison's pr- probably better with his feet, but I just feel that Allison is more, is probably a bit more exposed. Yeah, no, he and he's he's called on more, and I just see him make bigger, you know, sort of almost match-turning saves than Edison. No, I think to the eye test of what a goalkeeper should be judged on, which is shot-saving and, like, commanding of box, I think he's... Like, to the eye test for me, he's just a better keeper. Yeah. Like... Like, yeah. Like, they've they've got the same um, number of clean sheets so far this season. Yeah. But... City just dominate the ball so much more than Liverpool. Well, not so much more, but they they dominate the ball and a Liverpool, bit more like, than Liverpool The way do. Liverpool play with their extremely high line is prone to... Conceding a few chances a game, and yeah. Alice, but then they have Allison, who's arguably top three keepers in the world. So mm. for me, yeah, very progressed fullbacks and, and that. Yeah, okay. Um, right back, <laughs> I've got uh, Trent Alexander. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the stats speak for themselves. Most uh, second most assists this season, uh, highest chances created this season. Um, there's question marks on his defending at times, but like he's not actually that terrible he has a couple moments where he goes to sleep but then again like he's, he's not the best defender in the league but he's also not the worst defender in the league by any stretch of the imagination so for what he creates offensively it's just ridiculous exactly the it's it's like a positive sum game in terms of you know what what he gives in in attack yeah is more than what he more what he lots what he loses for you in defense which absolutely is not much um so center back next next to him i've got virgil van dyke Virgil van Dijk yeah me too yeah, okay. <laughs> who you got next uh, Ruben Diaz ah he's very different I've got Imeric Laporte uh, have you now simply for the fact that Ruben Diaz has missed a bit of the season injured and Laporte's played almost every game true yeah he he definitely has featured more but and yeah it, it's it, it's a team of the season so it, it factoring in how many appearances they've got I don't for think sure. Diaz is a bad shout though I just picked him because I was like spitting hairs Laporte's played more games yeah I think Diaz is is more solid than Laporte as well, though. I think City have been better, though. I think Laporte has shown that he is slightly better than Stones, though, this season. Oh, yeah. 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 Stones is the third choice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, the first time we've different on one there. Nice. (laughs) Let's go. Keep going. It's nice to have a little bit of variance. Um, Cancelo at left back. Uh, We differ (laughs) again. I've got Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, I think he's a better defender than Cancelo, and I I had had a big talk with friend of the show Josh Ring a couple of weeks ago, because um, he also put Cancelo in his team of the season, and then I had a look at it. Robertson's Le- offensive Liverpool fan, by the way. Yeah, he's Liverpool fan. Yeah, uh, Robertson's offensive metrics are like in terms of chances created, goals, and assists are all better than Cancelo's this season. So his offensive output is better, and he's de- and he is a better defender than Cancelo. Like, yes, Cancelo is very nice. Like, he's a great player. I'm not saying he's not, but I just think Robertson, in my opinion, is still... He, he, he sort of went, got, a, got injured last season People kind of, and the start of this season. People kind of forgot about him a little bit. But for me, he's still the best left back in the world. 
True. Best best left back in the world. There you go. There you go. I think um I I I think it's a fair shout, Robertson. But yeah, I just yeah. I just think some of the things that Cancelo creates are just so beautiful to watch that I'm probably biased in that way a little bit. Even if even if Robertson has the better output, he's probably got. It definitely has a higher work rate than Cancelo. Yeah. But well, just 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 when you watch Cancelo play, he's just such a one beautiful thing, player, and, yeah. and the stuff he does is very. Very graceful. One thing that Josh said is that Cancelo is a more complete player than Robertson in terms of like versatility and just, you know, on the ball skill, all that type of thing. But Robertson is the more complete left back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Robertson is like, you, you, you get one thing out of him. He'll be up and down. He'll defend well and he'll swing the ball in from the left-hand side. Whereas Cancelo drifts inside, is equally as comfortable playing in that sort of in that inside fullback role um and i yeah i'm I'm not sure robertson could do that but no but he's got better output as well yeah and that's um, i mean they're both good shouts like I, I'm, I'm not gonna see him be like you've put cancel on your team <laughs> uh moving on no to... you just do that quietly <laughs> <laughs> um the cdm moving on to uh yeah i've got uh tiago Tiago, yeah, Fabinho. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I just think like uh, in my team, there's no real s- true CDM. It's just a flat midfield three, and I've got Tiago there. So you're the Gary Neville in this, and I'm the Jamie Carrick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think my, the midfield that I've picked would perform badly. It just wouldn't have that rock base. Uh, and I'm sort of just if if this team was to play, I'd sort of just rely on the fact that the back four is extremely solid. I'm not sure that that Tiago has been better than. F- Sorry, I'm not sure that Thiago has been better than Fabinho in the Premier League this season, though. You don't reckon? I don't think so. I think he's had a good back end of the season, and he had a, scored a few good goals in the um, in the Champions League. But I just think overall, and and this is obviously CDM. You kind of move away from from stats, but like, yeah, just his contribution to the Liverpool team. I think is just yeah. Miles like a, a long way above what Thiago's contribution is. I think I I, 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 think I, if I take Thiago out of Liverpool team. The effect is far lower than taking Fabinho out. Yeah, I I I potentially like in terms of what they give out as a center, as a defensive midfielder. Um, I would agree. I just think uh, Thiago has really hit his stride this season and has really showed what everyone thought they were going to get when they signed him from Bayern because he was, he was disappointing last season. And I don't know, just it's just one of those things for me. It's kind of like how you, when you watch Cancelo, um, when I watch him play, I'm just like, this guy is just phenomenal. Like he's just a level above everyone else. Um, yeah. And like, again, Fabinho easily could have been in there and he actually was initially in there. And then I was kind of like, ah, but I just, I just love, I just really like Thiago. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's actually kind of a similar thing in terms of comparing Robertson with, with Cancelo. I mean, yeah. you, you're, you're probably going to get more work rate and, yeah, essentially hard work out of Fabinho, but Thiago will do, does things consistently and more than more than once a game that are just like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but it's good that we, I, I'm actually kind of, this is nice that we're not just agreeing on every position. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, talk about. <laughs> right centre midfield then. Uh, Silver, Bernardo Silva. Oh, I've got him left Instead of midfield, but yeah, have you got the other one? Is Kevin De Bruyne your other guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, also on Silva, that what a that, that I think that is a big story of the season in terms of 
I think he was slated to go to. It was said that he was going to go to Atletico Madrid, and now he's turned it around and yeah, I had think an incredible season. He's been, in my opinion, he's been the second best midfielder in the Premier League after Kevin De Bruyne this season. Mm. Like, oh, like second best box to box midfielder. Has he? Has has he always been been part of City's midfield three? Or no, early, he, he, he was used to be part of the front three. Yeah, and even this season, he's played a couple games as a member of the front three. But I think Pep's predominantly played him like probably two thirds to three quarters of the season as in the, in the midfield three with next to Rodri and De Bruyne. Yeah, it's it's and I think this is a case that we're talking about the comparisons of Cancelo and Robertson and Fabinho and Thiago with both De Bruyne and Silva. You know that you're gonna get a few instances where they do something ridiculously graceful and then 90 minutes of them just like absolutely killing themselves for the team. So. Oh yeah, their their work rate is second to none. Like yeah. like the way they bust it up and down the pitch is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um yeah, I I I, I think because he was sort of in the front three and sort of rumored to be leaving people sort of just because of the, the sort of understated media hype People have kind of Bernardo Silva's flown under the radar a little bit this season. Would you agree? To, to, yeah, to a certain for extent. Sure. Maybe not towards the back end of the season, but this, and this definitely throughout the middle sections. But yeah, like some of the stuff that he like, obviously you get the work rate, which is never really valued that greatly. It's not like highlight worthy. But like on top of that, you see him like absolutely on both feet. Like I think he's one of the most two-footed players along the side De Bruyne. With both feet, hit volleys into the top corner from the edge of the box, like finish from anywhere, like... Yeah, phenomenal. Um, I remember the moment in the first Liverpool Man City game at, at Anfield this season when he like he spins like three players of Liverpool's midfield, runs through, and then slots the ball through to Phil Foden, who who doesn't quite score. But that was just yeah, yeah, Ridiculous. crazy moments like that. Uh, and yeah, Kevin De Bruyne uh, needs no introduction really. He's the best. Now. With the front three, yeah, you know, because we were talking last night about how we're going to do it. Yeah. I ended up doing it not a combined. Oh, okay. But we can do it as a combined. Well, I, I, I can, I can very quickly tell you what my Liverpool. It's it's just a Liverpool front three for me. If we were doing the combined eleven, it's but it's if we were doing just Man City Liverpool, but the striker and the left wing would be different if we were doing the complete team of the season. Yeah, so I, <laughs> so I think there's going to be no no difference. Yeah, so Salah right wing, obviously, because he's going to win player of the season this year, probably. Um, striker? I've, well, because I did it as team of the season, not not a combined. Yeah, I've yeah. got Harry Kane. I've got Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to say about that? <laughs> I, just think, I just think that Harry Kane... I mean, obviously, he hasn't quite got to the numbers that he was at last season, and but because of a shaky a shaky start to the season with emotions running high for him, probably, I think to get the numbers he's got and to be to get Spurs to where they are through a very a rough season with two different managers and a generally pretty average squad, I just think, yeah, what what he gives to the team is just ridiculous and. His numbers aren't that far off what what Ronaldo has in the Premier League, um, and he gives a lot more for the team. Yeah, for me, it was just sort of like Kane's numbers aren't to the standard I would hold him to, and I still like the the first third of the season for me still just sticks in my mind, like the way he performed against Arsenal in the first North London derby. Kane like just literally didn't give a shit. Um, 
and he has improved markedly since then. Uh, and he could have easily been in my team. But I just think Ronaldo in a team that has turned out to be worse than Tottenham's team uh, at the age of 37 to score 18 league goals in the hardest league in the world. I just think it's just incredible. Like, I, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm baffled that he's still able to produce at that level. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, you, you can go in my team. It is ridiculous. And I suppose it's hard because, I mean, you, you, you could also say, well, well, first of all, you can say that Kane has higher assist number because he works harder for the team and that might be part of the reason why his goals are lower. Yeah. But then, you know, goals are just as important as, as assists. And then, um, I've gone with it. Oh, yeah. There's, there, there was that time in the part, like, the, there was that start of the season where Kane was pretty poor. Yeah. But there's been games where Ronaldo's oh, yeah, absolutely dog shit. Well. Um, but I also <laughs> think that Ronaldo might have had even better numbers and better assists if United, the rest of the United team around him wasn't so abject yeah if he just had one yeah someone like son yeah, yeah. If he had some, like if fernandez didn't throw in the tech like, i feel like fernandez while he's got like really good chances created numbers his assist and goal numbers are pretty shit this season and he seems to throw in the towel almost every second game they're well off where they were last yeah season. so if he had, if ronaldo had a son to play off like if sancho was hitting his stride or rashford didn't absolutely go missing like who knows but yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, again, similar to the Cancelo Robertson thing, for me, um, you can have either of them in there and not really complain too much. I yeah. feel like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm assuming left wing is Son. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I th- it's the first time Son's reached tw- 20, 20 uh, goals in a season. Oh wow! I think he's really never done that before. I could be wrong. Actually, to be fair, no, no. He, I looked, I looked up his goals the other day. He hasn't even, he hasn't scored a hundred league goals yet. So. Mm. that's not actually that surprising considering yeah. he's been in the league for five years now I think he's a superstar yeah and very likable guy <laughs> yeah super likable guy same he plays for a shit team um, but yes but, but so if it was Liverpool Man City combined 11 I did had Mane Jota Salah yeah because yeah. like, like yes it's, that means there's only three City players in the entire team but the output of those front three is just better than anyone that City has it took me a long it took me a long time to decide on Son as well, I, I was, I was still thinking of putting Mane in there, and I think it's very harsh not to have Mane in the team of the season because he plays second field with a Salah, but he's crazy, and he's yeah. had such a good season, and he's also had you know the breakout season of Jota to contend with and taking away his like goals that he could potentially be scoring, and not getting the service from someone like a Firmino who whose main role is just to facilitate Mane and Salah. Yeah, uh, and he's also switched positions halfway through the season. Yeah, from, uh, left wing to centre mid to set, like sort of centre forward, and took his com- his his company his country <laughs> to uh, he to, took the scan paper company to the African Cup of Nations <laughs> to, to glory. And and I reckon you know if I was factoring that in, I probably would have put Mane above Son. But yeah, you can't. But so. it's the Premier League team of the season, not yeah, the exactly all African. year team of the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now onto the really interesting thing this is like and now this, this there's is, a few in this that, well there's one in this that I'm not sure about yeah so this this team is the team of the season if you're not allowed to select uh, um, Man City, City and Liverpool players so you're probably already going to guess two of mine because I've just said of them said them and you've just said two of yours uh, but the rest of the team so Son and Ronaldo Son and Kane for you yeah, yeah. Uh, but so let's let's go 
reverse. Back then. down the other yeah, way. So right wing, who have you got? Bukayo. Yes, <laughs> me too. Come on. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, he, he's got ridiculous numbers. He was central to that sort of mid-season run of form that Arsenal had where they just looked incredible. I mean, th- th- there was other players from Arsenal in there who, who were doing well, but he was sort of the the leader of it all. I think, yeah. Has yeah, to be him. and yeah, he's just the most likable guy in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, but yeah, um, he's 17 combined goals and assists this season uh, in the league. Um, does way more than just what his numbers do for the team as well. Um just a phenomenal player to only be 20 as he, 20 as well and be such a such a mature player um on the field uh yeah crazy really really good uh so the formation i'm playing is a cdm and two cms are you doing the same i've got that yeah, right, cool. yeah. all right so let's go left center mid first odegaard oh interesting i've got him right center mid. Uh, nice i've got yeah uh so let's, let's read out both our center mids i've got odegaard and mason mount Odegaard and Mason Mount. I've got Odegaard and James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, no, I rate it. I just think... I, th- I think a thing for me, and it was kind of throughout the whole team, actually, not, not the forwards, but th- there was just so many players who had little spells where they looked like, like r- really, really good, but then kind of fell off. And I feel like there was a lot of players like that. There was Conor Gallagher... Um, most of the Crystal Palace team, actually, you could say that for. Yeah. Zahar had flashes. Elise had flashes. Gallagher had flashes. Yeah. Gallagher. Even Mason Mount to an extent. Mill Smith-Rowe as well. Yeah, Smith-Rowe. That was the yeah. other one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think Ward-Prowse, just I suppose what, what he gave to that Southampton team, he gave more consistently throughout the whole season and had slightly better numbers than... Gallagher and Emil Smith Rowe. They were my other two in, nice. in, there, in there. For me, Mason Mount um, kind of flown under the radar a little bit for me. I feel like just because like, I think Chelsea as a team have flown under the radar a bit. For, for most of the season, they were just not quite as good as Liverpool and City, but better than everyone else, even though now it's kind of crumbling a bit at the end of the season for them. But he's also, in flying under the radar, got uh, 10 goals and 9 assists this season. Um, and has, has performed pretty well um, in a in a midfield where Jorginho's regressed, uh, Kovacic hasn't played as much as he should have, and Kante, well, Kante's still solid, but like, yeah, it's just a midfield, uh, it, 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 it's just a team, and him as a player has, I feel like has flown under the radar, but has still been pretty solid, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good number, that's pretty good output, um, so I thought, and I feel like I, 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 I've, I had to put some Chelsea players in there, because they are still probably going to finish third, and like, they're third for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've got a few to come, but yeah. uh, but also, also just back on Ward Prowse for a sec. He, there, the 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 dead balls as oh, well, yeah. like ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And he apparently he's second, um, second only to David Beckham in terms of goals from direct free and kicks. And he will smash that record, I reckon. Surely, twenty six. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, centre defensive midfield. Declan Rice. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, despite his somewhat you know, questionable antics of late, uh, phenomenal season. I mean, th- th- those antics are always going to happen sometimes when, yeah. you, when you cross the white line. Yeah. Can't, can't be too harsh. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, incredible season, essential to everything good that West Ham, West Ham's done. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think there's rumours that uh, West Ham are trying to lock him down to like some crazy like eight-year, 250k a week contract. Right, okay. Or 200k a week contract. 
um, which would be unheard of in the Premier League, but it is common in other sports. So to be to tie their players down for that length of time. Do you, do you think he's interested? Because because he's been sort of he does like I, I don't know. Initially, I would have we've talked about him potentially leaving in the past, but I don't know. I really do feel like he's got that vibe that he would stay there One for a club. while. But then again, I also don't know. Like, maybe, I don't know. But like, yeah, he's been phenomenal for West Ham. Well, I, I I think one thing is for sure is that United will be looking for a CDM. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll when, see who it when, is. When, when the big money and the big clubs come knocking, we'll see we won't where his loyalties lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Declan Rice, defensive midfield, uh, phenomenal. Um, left back. Um, so I've gone with I've I, I th- this was. The, the toughest position for uh-huh. me. I really struggled. But I've gone with Cresswell. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I just think... Like, I, I, I was going off games played for fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. And I, he's played like 33 games a season and West Ham were mostly solid for most of the season. So Though I was looking to... I was, and I was looking to it just before because it took me so long yeah. to, 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 to land on it. Tierney played the same amount of games in the Europa League. Yeah. Apparently. Right. And played a, a, like eight less games, oh no, ten less games than Cresswell in the. But Tini didn't play the European League this season. It didn't. No, we had, we had no European football this season. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he played the same <laughs> last season. Oh right. right. <laughs> no, I must have been. I must have looked at the years wrong. Right. Anyway, well that makes it clear then. Yeah. I thought it was clear because like I'm, I, I was I thought about putting Tariq Mitchell in there, but I'm like Tariq Mitchell's been good, but Cresswell's been in a, in a better team for most of the season and he's been solid and forward output as well Tarek Mitchell I think has got like one assist because I was yeah. looking at him as well and the other one that, that I had as an honourable mention is uh, Mark Kukurea yeah yeah I thought Brighton. I looked at him too I think I, I, the reason I didn't put him in is because he's, he's moved slightly to sort of left centre back recently yeah but yeah he's been really good as well I also looked at um, Walker Peters playing as a right back at left back but um, again not enough games yeah, but yeah, uh, Cresswell's a good shout, um, and another honourable to Matt Target. Oh yeah, no, I did look at him too. Who's played like I think he's played like he's played, thirty-four games. Yeah, he's played over, heaps of games yeah. uh, over two different teams, and yeah, he looks like yeah, he looks he's like, done very well to slot right into that new. Castle. He looks like to be one of the best signings that they've made. Yeah, yeah. Um, right back is to be interesting one. Reese James. Ah, gone Tarek Lamptey. Tarek Lamptey, yeah, really yeah. true. I just th- I just thought for me, Reese James hadn't played enough games. Um, uh, so I picked Tarek Lamptey. That was. I I also took a while with this one, and I went through a few different people. I was thinking Tommy Yasu, but he also missed a lot of games. Yeah, but I just his. think for the amount of games that Reese James has played, his output, and just the fact that I just think he is the best, the second best right back in the competition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just think the other ones that you could have have in there could could have had in there just just aren't as good as him. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I know I looked at uh, Lamptey. Like I think I was looking at like cl- as close to thirty games as possible. I think he had twenty out of twenty nine, um, or more potentially. Um, and he was I was just like, he's been solid all year. Um, yeah. There's not much much to it really. Brighton have been good. He is good. Yeah, Lamptey. Uh But yeah, if Free James had played all season, it would have been him, like without a doubt. Uh, centre back. 
Um, should I say both of them or? No? Yeah, go both of them. Uh, Rudiger and Gabriel. Oh, same. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty pretty nailed on. I don't really think there's too many too, too much else you could have picked there. Yeah, I had um. I, I was trying to decide between Ben White and Gabriel, to be I honest. Think Gabriel's been better than Ben White. Yeah. yeah. Ben White's looked a little shaky at times. Um, like offers more, slightly more on the ball, like in terms of like forward passing and stuff than Gabriel does. But Gabriel's like won multiple man of the matches for how good he's defended this season for us. So, And yeah, I, th- I think he, he scores a bit more too. With his head, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. 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 Uh, ben White, and Ben White also has played a couple of games at right back and has also missed a couple of games through injury. I think Gabriel's played almost every game, so... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, R- Rudiger's had, had an incredible season. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, and then I'm assuming you've also gone the Chelsea route at goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Edward Mendy. So not that not not as dissimilar as I thought it would be. Actually. Yeah, I, I I was thinking the second one would be more different. Yeah, more different, and the first one would be more similar. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, either either we're just very telekinetic or what is it, telepathic I don't know whatever the Tele- uh, yeah telepathic because yeah. telekinetic is when you move stuff yeah yeah, yeah. watching WandaVision <laughs> uh, tele- yeah either we're just very telepathic or it's just the, the logical common sense but we'll, we'll post these uh, on Instagram later and you guys can uh, have your say on who's more right <laughs> Even there's not that much to separate us to be honest uh, but that was fun uh, we're going to do that again for the Champions League in I think two weeks time um, before the final. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're excluding... Yeah, we can decide later. Nah. I think I was going to do the same thing that we did a couple... Uh, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's like a maximum of two teams. Two, two oh, players yeah. Team. yeah. yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be just from the four teams that made the semifinals. It can be anyone. Anyway. Um, all right. So moving on, because we've been already going for almost an hour. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, man, sorry, no. Liverpool drop points against Spurs. <laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah, absolutely wild. I mean, it was a classic Spurs performance. They they do well against teams that are good because, like we've spoken about previously on the show, they're one of the best counter-attacking teams. Well, probably the best counter-attacking team in England. And since Kulusevski came in, um, he's just added to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like they, they had 5% possession. They they had a game plan. They stuck to it. They executed it incredibly well. We were watching Match of the Day and they were breaking it down and they essentially said the same thing. They were like, yeah, look, to a man, defended incredibly well. And it's the same story against City, really. Like, like they just crowded out City's wide areas that they like to build in triangles down in those sort of half spaces between um, the left flank and the centre of the box. Um and yeah, sort of. So took 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 Mares and Sterling out of the game against City, um, and somewhat took uh, Diaz and or didn't Diaz did score, but they took Salah and Diaz out of the game, or Salah and whoever was was it Mane or Jota up top? I think it was Mane. Not sure. Not sure. But they took two uh, two out of three of Liverpool's options out of the game. Yeah. Even even, even the goal that that Liverpool did score through Diaz was a lucky deflection. Yeah. Essentially, and it was a very well worked goal that Spurs scored. Mm. Yeah, again, Kane just draws everybody in. Yeah, and then op- opens up Liverpool. And then the run from Son draws Robertson miles out of position. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say your man. <laughs> yeah, my man. 
Um, but yeah, ma- massive implications. Yeah, for the title because then the city obviously followed that up by beating Newcastle five nil uh, at at time. And you see that thing where at one point in the second half they had ninety nine percent possession to one in like the last ten, in like a ten minute period. That's wild. Get, that's Newcastle. But it's the, the 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 story is not over yet because City have suffered some injuries uh, and they are will be without Walker, Diaz, and Stones for the remainder of the season. Uh, but also Fabinho seems to go off with this apparent hamstring injury against against Villa this morning. Oh really? Yeah. Hectic. It's, uh, it's no, no no confirmation on if it's serious or not, but he was substituted off with an apparent hamstring problem. So yeah, uh, but yes, all is not over because uh, as the Premier League table currently sits, uh, City uh, with Liverpool playing one extra game than City, uh, Liverpool are on. Uh, 89 goals for City on 89 goals for uh, City are on 21 goals against Liverpool on 24 goals against uh, so and City with plus three extra on the goal difference. Uh, and what I've read via the Athletic recently is that a 39th Premier League game of the season can potentially happen if, and this is what the Athletic says, uh, it takes a very specific set of results. The teams must be tied on points, goal difference, and goals scored. If these are level, then the league would be decided by a head-to-head record followed by which team has scored the most away goals in those head-to-head games. But, as you see, City and Liverpool have both drawn two all home and away against each other this season, which would meant if they finish on the same amount of goals scored and the same goal difference save somehow city slip up and lose to wolves or something then there is there is a possibility where can this can go to a one game winner takes all 39th premier league game and that would be the best thing ever <laughs> <laughs> which is unprecedented but it's in the rules so yeah it would just be absolutely wild <laughs> just trying to comp- with how dramatic the Champions League been in yeah. recent times, just, that, that that is crazy. That would be crazy. So it says, and like the Athletic have kind of mapped it out here. So um, uh, it says it goes. Liverpool currently have a goal difference sixty of sixty four, which is sixty five now. But this at the time article at the time writing this article is sixty four. Uh, four goals worth off than City sixty eight. They also face a two goal deficit in the goals scored tally, which is now equal as of uh, Liverpool beating Villa two one this morning. Uh, and he goes, that can easily change, for example. If City were to lose 2-1 at the Molyneux and Liverpool beat Aston Villa 3-0 on Thursday night, the sides would be level on points, goal difference and goal scored. Not quite how it happened, but the Molyneux game is still to happen. Yeah. Um, their head-to-head record does not affect the possibility of a playoff uh, with both, like we've said, uh, City and uh, Liverpool games ending 2 all this season. Um and yeah, so it's... it's I, 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 I was like, oh, surely not. And then I looked at the league table... And like same amount of goals scored, very close goals against. It's actually crazy how equally matched both these two teams are. Yeah, it's it's actually wild. And yeah, I think, I mean, Man City's next two games. I mean, the first one, as you just mentioned, Molyneux against Wolves. Then they've got West Ham, and that's that's a very tricky game. But Liverpool also have to face Wolves, and Wolves is a very hard game. Obviously, they they just drew with Chelsea, so yeah, wild. So wild. yeah, I think Liverpool have uh, Wolves and Southampton left, and City have Wolves and West Ham. West Ham and left. So arguably, and harder. Aston Villa and Aston Villa. So City have got the slightly harder run of fixtures, but like 
it's just anyone's game really. yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I, like like we were saying a few weeks yeah. ago it's they're too hard to separate yeah and even with City's three goal three point buffer like it's just it's you can't split them um and the last thing to to say is uh, we'll give out let's give our predictions for Friday morning, which is the Arsenal at Spurs North London derby round two. Uh, if Arsenal win this game, Champions League is confirmed, and Tottenham miss out. But if Tottenham win this game, then it's all to play for still. And there actually is a scenario at the bottom of that Athletic article that says if Tottenham win the North London derby three one, then there is also a scenario where Arsenal and Tottenham, if results go accordingly, would have to play off. The for, 30, the Champions the for the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Jesus a Christ. bit more far-fetched, that one, that it could have, because the goal difference isn't quite as close. I'm I'm actually going to predict that, um, that, that that Tottenham are going to win it. Yeah, no, yeah, you're not the only one. I think, I, I just think, um, obviously Arsenal like, like to hold the ball and Tottenham are good against teams that, that like to hold the ball. I think that that's that's basically. I mean, they're, they're in a good run of form. Son just hit twenty goals. Kane's doing well. Kulusevski's good, as I said. So yeah. See, um, I'm inclined to agree with you, but also I think we also do well against. Well, we have shown well, show that we can do well against teams that want to hold the ball too. Um, as as we did against Chelsea, we relinquished possession for large portions of the game and hit them on the counter. So it's weird. We can't do it quite as well as Spurs can, but we also can play that way. So it's going to be an interesting tactical battle to see what Arteta does. Does he try and lure Tottenham out? Yeah. Or does he just play the way we normally play? I think he probably is going to end up playing the way we normally play because he has said in interviews before how it's, he, he wants to play around football where we dictate the game, not the opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose there's other ways you can do it, though, but it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting to, yeah. see, to I, see the tactics. I think we can out. hold on for a draw, which means that all we'd have to do is win our next game after that to, to qualify. I, do, I think us going to Tottenham and winning is a bit far-fetched. Um, but yeah, I, 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 at this point, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know I've been like burned before, but at this point, like I've got to have a little bit of faith that my team, who's in good form in the last four games uh, can can get a point. I think it would be a very Spursy thing to do to take points off potential champions and then bottle it in a quite important game in terms of their hunt for the top for the top four. Yeah. So it would also be quite an Arsenal thing to do to look like they're on the <laughs> cusp of getting Champions League football <laughs> and then choke. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 the bottle job bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll see who bottles it less. Uh, but yeah, uh, score predictions, if you please, will be. I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Spurs. I'm going to go 1-0. One 1-0. All. One all. Yeah. Nice. Um, d- just just one other thing. Yeah. Everton go to Watford tomorrow morning. Oh. But uh, this episode will air. Will air probably around in the morning tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but apparently, is Myla Saar, Emmanuel Dennis... Tom Cleverley, Loser, yeah. <laughs> Kuchka, Feminia, Josh King, and Inkula out of the game. Right. That is huge. That is two-thirds <laughs> of the team. <laughs> um, and again, it would be a very Everton thing to do to beat, you know, the FA Cup winners or FA Cup holders at their home and beat Chelsea the week before and then go to Watford and lose that game. So Yeah, but also if you win that game... It's huge. That's huge. It's huge because I'm pretty sure... 
yeah, Burnley play Tottenham next. Mm. Uh, after Tottenham play this game. Um, it's massive mate we're going up the table now yeah um, <laughs> we're not looking down anymore yeah so Burnley play Tottenham next and Leeds play Chelsea next so yeah yeah it's it's like, like after what as I like, obviously don't want to speak too soon and jinx anything you know touch wood but um, after we were seriously concerned with Everton what was it two weeks ago they've just come out and put in absolute shifts defensively and got results yeah, I, I don't want to harp on about it for too long, but I really think that it's a. Uh, I mean, I think we've we've struggled a bit this season because we don't have that many senior players. Yeah, and I think a lot of these young players, Awobi, Rashalison, Anthony Gordon, especially Awobi, actually, they're gaining a lot from this situation. Oh yeah, and the fans are getting behind players. This group of players, like like they haven't f- for a while as well. Yeah, I think it's. Potentially a silver lining if we stay up yeah, because it's not a given yet. Um, I, I I agree, and I actually think over, from the results you guys have got in the last two rounds, I actually think the Leicester result is bigger than the Chelsea result mm. for the simple fact that it's away from home. Yeah, like we all know, you guys you guys almost took points off City away from home. I mean, at home, like at Goodison Park is a fortress, but away from home, like we said, like the commentator said when we watched that game, it's their first win away from home since August. Yeah, like that is wild. It's a um, ridiculous. So I think yeah, that's it's huge, especially seeing as you still have a couple of away games to play left this season. So yeah, um, including this one at Vicarage Road. So yeah, yeah I just think it, it like the Leicester result was huge because like there was a, like there was times when Leicester were all over you and you were showing signs of that away form where it seems to crumble a bit, but you just knuckled down and you got the result, and that is just that's massive in a relegation fight. Yeah, and that's why Pickford was a close second to Mendy in that. Yeah, look, honestly, yeah. season. <laughs> Pickford, like, there's been some people recently, like, not in the past two weeks, but, like, in the past two months, being like, Ramsdale's breathing down Pickford's neck. Not anymore. Yeah, no. Not anymore. I Ram- think like, he's really shown. Ramsdale's been fine this season, but Pick- but Ramsdale hasn't had performances like Pickford's had in the last two games mm. this season. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's playing like he like he's played at major tournaments for England. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like that's that's the type of pick for that you we we are comment we are used to seeing for England. Like, yeah, ridiculous saves, nothing silly, good gamesmanship as well. Absolute weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that that will do us uh, as we clock over an hour and six minutes. Oh my god, <laughs> not bad. A good shift from the boys, but um, yeah, it's. What a journey it's been! Uh, a year and a couple months, uh, fifty episodes. Thank you, th- thank you, everyone who's listened along the way. Thank you, everyone that's listening right now. If you've made it this far, um, and and yeah, uh, plenty more things in store. We've got a guest host next week because uh, we've just got to hunker down and get some study done. Um, but yeah, uh, we've just got the champ. We got the- oh fuck the FA Cup final <laughs> no we're not closing out just yet no we're not closing out just yet sorry 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 alright uh, FA, FA Cup, Cup final, final here we go on the weekend uh, on Sunday morning uh, our time I think around about midnight um, 1.45 Sunday morning okay so we've got Chelsea versus Liverpool uh, round two from the League Cup final um, how do we see this one going Fabinho potentially injured no wait League Cup was Man City right no, League Cup was Chelsea as well. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> um, how do I see this one going? Yeah. I think um, 
I I can't see Chelsea winning it. Really? I just, I just think that I just think they're in a a bit of a pickle at the moment. They're a bit of a nosedive, hey. Yeah, with you know talk of Azpilicueta, um potentially going to Barcelona, Rudiger leaving. Just generally, they're not playing that well. They talk of Christensen going to Barcelona as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the change rooms definitely. Yeah. The, I feel Lost like the off-season off can't come fast enough for them right now. Yeah. 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 That they, they, they need it. And even just like, I don't know, the feel the feel of Stamford Bridge, obviously with fans not being there, obviously it's not at Stamford Bridge. I don't know, seeing the new owner in the stands and thinking about what the the new sort of regime will entail. I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of uncertainty. In. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think How they'll get up it? for it and it'll be close again. But I just, yeah, like for the same reasons, I think... Like you want to say they'll bounce back after poor results recently, um, but the fact of the matter is, I think since beating Southampton six nil, they've had like one win in like five games, um, and they've shipped four goals to uh, Arsenal. They uh, let Wolves come from behind and from two nil down to win. That that would have been a really soul crushing equaliser to cop in the ninety seventh minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think, and Liverpool are, are hungry on the quadruple hunt. Like they they won't give it an inch. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, Liverpool just have the bigger game players. Hey? Yeah, and I, even even with Fabinho potentially being out because they want to save him for the Champions League final or try and get him back for the Champions League final or even the Premier League, I think they can like Liverpool could still win. Just let Jorginho run around in circles. Yeah, because I don't I don't <laughs> think that Chelsea really have. Like maybe Mason Mount, but they don't really have a midfielder that's going to cause that Fabinho would be needed to mark out of the game. Yeah, exactly. I think that they've got the personnel otherwise that Klopp can move around to deal with yeah. what Chelsea have to offer. Yeah, the, the only thing that I hope is that Lukaku has a good game because yeah. he seems to be hitting a bit of form yeah. well, one game. <laughs> but, hey, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, and... Yeah, uh, it looks like he's probably going to be starting again. Um, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, you can't really drop him after scoring two goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Liverpool. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I've got a weird feeling they're going to win at least three of the four trophies that they're available. I've got a feeling about them winning the Champions League too. But uh, that's for not, that's for another episode. Um, we'll see whether the the quadruple stays alive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for this one, yeah, I see them. I, I. 2-1, whether it be in full-time or extra-time, I don't see this one going to penalties as well. I think Liverpool wrap it up 2-0. 2 nil. Two nil. Yeah, in, nice. In, in regular time. Nice. Obviously. All right, so now, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, thank you guys for listening, those who've listened to every episode or even just a few or even if you're only listening to your first episode today. Um we're we're very grateful to even if, if it's just two or three listeners every episode that's two or three more than we thought we'd have when we started this thing yeah. so um thanks for tuning in uh if you like what you hear follow us on spotify uh the 40 yard switch and follow us on instagram at 40 yard switch dot pod um we we go again we go again uh, and yeah, any any uh special special words Wilbur, before we close it all out um no, it's uh it's 
It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a wild ride, but it ain't over yet. Yeah, um, uh, on, on to the next 50, yeah. That's, yeah. that's better. The next the next 50, <laughs> and we'll be uh, taking the helmet off and raising the bat in 50 more episodes time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kissing right. the crest. Yeah. Kissing the crest. All right, guys. Uh, see you. Uh, bye for now. Not forever.